When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to the Sooner Sports Podcast, presented by Riverwind and Allstate. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank, and I love the NFL draft process. It's been one of my favorite things to to follow and read about and cover. I can remember being a little kid at like 10 years old and calling into sports radio shows to ask NFL draft questions. I've always loved this process. I love covering it. I love it whenever Sooners are getting an opportunity to showcase their talents to NFL scouts and play at the highest level. So, Pro Day on Friday, big deal. This podcast is all about recapping what we learned, hearing from the players involved, and then we'll wrap things up with Lincoln Riley's full press conference. A lot of things that Coach hits on that I think will be uh, interesting to the Sooner Nation. So, we'll bring that to you uninterrupted at the end of the podcast. So, we'll go through each player the complete results are online right now at Soonersports.com. Matt Archibald and Tori and, and the crew over at the digital side, Eric, did a great job of putting together a, a portal on the website where you can see the broad jump vertical 40 times, the 20-yard uh, the shuttle, the three-cone, the bench press, and then highlights. So beyond just a couple of quick clips we'll hear from these guys, you can rewatch their workouts right now and the highlights of them at Soonersports.com. So we're going to focus on these guys, Trey Brown, Trey Norwood, Ramondre Stevenson, Adrian Ely, Creed Humphrey, and Ronnie Perkins. And for each guy, I'll kind of give you a little snapshot of what I've been hearing in, in this process and covering this for not just Sooner Vision, but Fox Sports Radio and Sirius XM. And maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll circle back around and as we get closer to the actual draft itself, start getting an idea of where these guys could project in the NFL draft. We'll start with Trey Brown. And Trey Brown... There was a lot of buzz about whether or not he could end up being the fastest player heading into this draft. 
Northwestern had a corner that ran a 4-3-8 at his pro day. Trey Brown ran a 4-4-40, which was good. His uh, shuttle time was great. His broad jump was great. Afterwards, Trey Brown talked about the 4-4-40 and how he feels like he could have been a little bit faster. Yeah, I've ran, I've ran faster before. I mean, we've all, you know, the, the, the people who know, know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I definitely had goals, you know, low low 4-3, try to get 4-2. But, uh, you know, that's that's a technique thing. That's not always where you're just going out there running. You know, it's different, you know. you got to have technique for things like those. But, yeah, I, thought, I definitely thought I was going to run faster, but I still felt like I ran pretty fast. And one question that I think uh, these guys get asked a lot, but you really can't answer it unless it's your childhood team, is where do you think you'll fit? You know, where do you want to go play? I mean, if they ask me, I'm like, I want to go to the Raiders. But for Trey Brown, he was asked that question during his post-workout Zoom, and here's what he said. Uh, that's a, that, that is a great question. Uh, what team? Any, any, any team, you know, I'm, I'm a versatile guy. Uh, if you play man, you play zone, whatever you play. Uh, I, I don't have a choice. Whatever team that picks me, uh, I'm going to be grateful for whatever, uh, whatever chance that I get, and uh, that's the team I'm going to fall in love with, and that's the team I'm going to be glad that I went to. I'm going to go out there and be very productive and competitive. But uh, I share receiver that I go, I go against. It's definitely DK Metcalf, you know. Uh, they, they talk all about his physical traits, you know, how he's fast, and he's just a beast, you know. Uh, so that's, that's definitely a guy that I want to go up and show, uh, show what I can do against him and, uh, you know, try to, uh, you know, hush the silence and just be competitive. So what do we know about where Trey Brown is stacking up right now? Well, that was an impressive uh, performance. Obviously, he wanted to run the 40 a little bit faster, which is amazing to think that he ran it at 4-4. His big-time senior bowl during that week, I think, helped him out quite a bit. Right now, we're looking at a day three pick for Trey Brown. It should be anywhere from the, what, fifth, sixth, or seventh round. But if, if a team falls in love with him and falls in love with his speed and knowing his versatility, he can play in any scheme. Trey Brown might be a guy that we can see that sneaks into the late fourth, maybe even the late third round in the NFL draft. But good day for Trey Brown. Now, sticking in the secondary, Trey Norwood, I think first and foremost, there's a lot of people that want to know the why. We haven't had a chance to talk to Trey Norwood since the season wrapped up after the Cotton Bowl whenever he made his decision to declare for the NFL draft. And yesterday, Trey Norwood explained the why in his decision to go ahead and forego another year of eligibility and make himself eligible for the NFL draft. First, uh, it, meant a, it meant a lot. Just being able to to come back, missing the 2019 season, and uh, most importantly, I miss being out there with my brothers, miss being out there with the team. So just being able to come back and, and get back on track and get back on pace and have the season that I that I did have meant a lot. And for me, um, going into my decision, the biggest thing is I, I graduated, got my degree, at the end of uh, 2020, December 2020. So I knew that I wouldn't have to. Um, have any school priorities when it came to preparing for this uh, during this process. And then coming into the season, um, my mindset was, was not on leaving. Um, my mindset was doing what's best for the team and winning the championship. And then throughout the season, I, I knew going, to, going into the season as well, though I knew that if I, I mean, met my individual goals, um, um, that, that would go into my decision. And the biggest thing is I, I wanted to be more productive in the, turno- in the turnover margin as a defense as a whole, most importantly, but for myself as well, and tying that in with, with the tape that I've already that I've already had from my 2017-2018 season, I felt like that was a, a big help and a, another reason as to why um, I decided to to you know me to prepare for this uh, for the NFL and, and go through this process. 
So in a lot of ways, this was a decision for Trey Norwood that was made up heading into this season. You know, he had already graduated, and for him, why not go see what the pros say about you? Maybe there's opportunities beyond the NFL. Uh, obviously, for him, it's going to be just getting bigger and stronger. The bench reps weren't all that great, but a four five eight forty. He's got length, which is what NFL teams are looking for. We'll see if Trey Norwood can show up in that sixth or seventh round, or. As a potential undrafted free agent. I mean, we've seen two guys now in Tony Jefferson and Parnell Motley, and more so as far as length of their career in Tony Jefferson, who have had great careers after going undrafted. Um, So we'll see how that works out for Trey Norwood. But bottom line here for him on Friday, he did a very nice job in getting the attention of the scouts. Speaking of doing a good job of getting the attention of the scouts, I feel like the more and more the, the NFL Network guys, the more and more the people that cover the draft, the more they watch Ramondre Stevenson, the more they're intrigued by his skill set. Now, that 40 time is not going to be a jaw-dropping number for Ramondre Stevenson. He ran a 4.6340, but as he said, that top-end speed is something that he's continuing to work on. First and foremost, just my, just my speed, my back-end speed, uh, per se. Uh, and that, that's been the huge focus, just getting more explosive, explosive, things like that. So, and just... Another thing is just becoming more of a student of the game, just focusing on 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 the game of football, just trying to just trying to make that my my whole life because it's my job now. So I got to uh, tune into that a little bit more. And keep this in mind when we're talking about Ramondre Stevenson. Here is a guy that didn't play the full season last year, has a little bit of a fresher body, didn't take all the hits, showed that he's a little bit more elusive. And for Ramondre Stevenson, that's something that he takes a lot of pride in. Uh, yeah, of course. I, t- I take that. Uh, I take pride in that. I, d- I didn't have many carries, enough to show what I could do, enough to uh, for people to like me. So I don't think I, ha- I think I have a lot of tread on my tires still. So I'm not a worn down back. I didn't have 500 carries in college, things like that. So I think that also plays into my advantage. The buzz around Ramondre is is kind of similar in some ways to the buzz around Ronnie Perkins in that the position that they play, there's a couple of guys that are like slam dunk first rounders. But then after that, it's it's a lot of really good players that it depends on a scheme fit or a team that might like him. So in just focusing here on Ramondre Stevenson, two running backs are going to go either in the, the, the first round or maybe in the high second round. And that's Travis Etienne at Clemson and Najee Harris out of Alabama. After that, there is a, a boatload of running backs, including former Sooner Trey Sermon, former Oklahoma State Cowboy Chuba Hubbard, who are in that mix with Ramondre to be uh, a, a potential second-day pick. But again, for Ramondre, there's now Zoom interviews that you're able to do with teams. Uh, the individual workouts aren't necessarily what they once were, but it'll be imperative for him to kind of catch the eye. And like we said, there's a lot of teams that want a running back, but there isn't necessarily a couple that have just elevated beyond Harris and ATN. so a great chance for Ramondre to potentially catch someone's eye. More on Ronnie Perkins here in a bit, but I do want to focus on Adrian Ely, who recapped his pro day and his time since he finished up his career at Oklahoma. Oh uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, just being at in Dallas at uh, Michael Johnson Performance, you know, working out, you know, with Duke Manuel, one of the best uh, offensive linemen specialists out there. Uh, I feel like I prepared very well within these. Two months of training, um, you know, even coming off with a senior bowl, being able to get right back into it, like, you know, like we never left. So it was very helpful, very beneficial. Uh, I feel like I came out here, did a pretty good job. Of course, I had some numbers I wanted to do better on, but overall, I feel like I did good, especially in my uh, my drills. Ely, 
uh, as far as numbers are concerned, you can see the full rundown at Soonersports.com. Threw up 18 on the bench press, uh, ran a 5-3-8-40. The word that, that – the thing that helps Adrian Ely more than anything else is that he played for Bill Bedenboe. And you start looking around the league, and, I mean, there's Oklahoma guys starting all over the place. Cody Ford in Buffalo, Bobby Evans with the Rams. you got two guys on that offensive line with the Ravens. If they can figure out Orlando Brown Jr.'s uh, future in his contract, he might end up in Cleveland. Ben Powers, you've seen Drew Samia. So one of the best things going is the success that the guys before Adrian Ely have had. Uh, don't be surprised. Tony Pauline from the NFL, I believe it's the NFL Draft Network is what they call the website. He has Adrian Ely as one of his top 50 prospects, and he thinks he's a guy that could slide into the second round of the draft. So uh, as this process plays on for Adrian Ely, he plays a position that a lot of teams uh, value in that right tackle spot. Maybe he shows some position versatility and they can move him to the left side. Regardless, good day for Adrian Ely on Friday. Speaking of good days, man, Creed Humphrey, he might have been the superstar on Friday. Creed Humphrey did everything that, to be honest, we, we, we don't really get to see the center do in an Oklahoma offense. Humphrey kind of explained that. Yeah, you know, I was excited about it. You know, at Oklahoma, uh, I'm not asked to do a ton athletically. You know, uh, we're a heavy gap scheme team. Uh, I'm blocking back a ton. So uh, it was it was good for me to be able to go out there and show, you know, my athleticism. And uh, I was pretty happy with how I did today. Uh, there are a couple of things I could have done a little bit better, but I was pretty happy overall. But overall in the day, he ran a 5.09.40. The 33-inch vertical is what everybody has been talking about. 4.46 in the shuttle, 7.45 in the three cone. And he wasn't happy with it, but he threw up 29 reps in the bench press, all in all, a good day for Creed Humphrey. Yeah, you know, uh, like I said earlier today, it was just really about proving what all I can do. Uh, I have a ton of film out there. Teams have a good idea of what I can do. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I really just looked at it as, you know, coming out here and having fun, you know, just moving around, having fun with it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy, like I said, overall with it. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it, it was good for me just kind of go out here and kind of show, you know, how athletic I, I actually am. Uh, I definitely think it probably caught a few people by surprise. Now, as we start thinking about where Creed Humphrey might fall in the draft, uh, there's usually one center that goes in the first round of the draft, and that's that, that's kind of how it goes. And I guess it, it this this sounds horrible to say, but the injury to Landon Dickerson, the Alabama center, who many had kind of considered that slam dunk first center to go in this draft – that may have helped Creed a little bit in, in catching the eye or moving up some draft boards. But regardless, what he did on Friday is what's going to catch the attention of teams. I'll tell you what, position versatility is talked about quite a bit. Creed is a guy that's shown he can do it, uh, and I think he's showing that he can do it. But wow, what a day for Creed Humphrey. Probably uh, hands down the star of Oklahoma's pro day was Creed Humphrey and what he was able to accomplish. We'll hear from Lincoln Riley coming up a, a little bit later on in our final segment here, talking about Creed Humphrey and the day that he had. Uh, and finally, let's focus on Ronnie Perkins a little bit. I thought it was um, I thought it was a really good question to start Ronnie's Zoom. He was asked if he's in a situation based on the suspension that he had to deal with where he's having to defend himself and defend his character. Here's what Ronnie said. No, no, I really, I really don't feel like um, I have to defend my character, really, you know. It's just uh, stuff that come with making bad decisions like that. So if you want to make that bad decision, you got to be prepared for what comes with it. And explaining myself, explaining my character, that's what comes with making a bad decision like that. But it's been a great process for me, man. Like, <laughs> it's what I've been dreaming about since a kid. So 
I never say like it's overwhelming or it's too much. Like it's fun. It's great. Like it's what I asked for. So I'm happy to be getting it. Great answer. Um, Depending on what you follow, some have reported that Perkins might have uh, strained a muscle, so that's why he didn't run the 40 the second time. I know the the NFL Network, they had Stacey Dales there, and she said, hey, he was, he was just standing. You know, he was going to stand on his 4-7-40 time. But regardless of what it is, afterwards for Ronnie Perkins, uh, the pressure of Pro Day was something that was obvious in watching this all play out. Yeah, um, I feel like it was a lot of pressure for, like, everybody, just every player, just because, um, you know, usually we had a uh, combine before Pro Day, so we could go to combine and mess up on something and go back right, right right to Pro Day and fix it. So just, like, with Pro Day being, like, I mean, Pro Day being, like, the one shot for everything this year, I feel like it just added, like, a lot of pressure for everybody. Threw up 25 reps on the bench press. Again, he felt like he could have done more. We mentioned the 4740. The uh, 32-inch vertical showed his explosiveness. I'm telling you what, uh, the buzz is starting to build about Ronnie Perkins as a first-round pick. Here's, again, much like Ramondre Stevenson, here's the issue that I, I guess you're looking at when it comes to where Ronnie Perkins could end up in the draft. The class of edge rushers is one that, I mean, honestly, it's it's pretty deep, but depending on who you talk to, it seems like there is a different guy that's in that top spot. I mean, some think it's Jalen Phillips, whom we saw at UCLA and then his time in Miami. Some think that it might actually be Gregory Rizzo, who set out the 2020 season opting out. Some feel like that maybe it's Jason O out of Penn State. Others feel like it might be Quiddy Pay uh, out of Michigan. But Ronnie Perkins is in that mix of five, six, seven guys who could end up going in the first round it one of the most important positions suddenly on the field at that edge rush position, that rush in, that outside backer, whatever you want to call it. So uh, very, very interesting to see how these seven to eight edge rushers are viewed in the eyes of, of scouts because if there's a run on them, say, after the 10th pick and suddenly Quiddy Pay's off the board, suddenly uh, Greg Rizzo's off the board, then there might be a situation where Ronnie Perkins can go even a little bit higher than some teams think. And then I'll just tag on to that. Again, it's all about what a team wants. Maybe they like the explosiveness of Ronnie Perkins. Maybe they want someone who might be a little bit bigger and stronger, like a, like a result. Regardless, that's going to be one of the fascinating and I think more than anything money-making questions for Ronnie Perkins is where does that run on edge rusher start in the draft? And where does he fall in comparison to some of the other guys? Not an elite. When I say not an elite, I, top 10 pick. Right now, it doesn't look like there's going to be one of these edge rushers that the position that Perkins projects at that goes in the top 10 of the draft. So while there's still a great possibility to go in the first round, Bruce Feldman had him going solidly in the first round to the Tennessee Titans. Others have had him with the Jets' second pick. Uh, but just about every team in this draft wants a guy that can get after the quarterback. Good day for Ronnie Perkins. Uh, he'll continue to shine, I think, in his interviews, and we'll see how things play out with this really interesting group of edge rushers in the 2021 draft. So there's a recap of Pro Day and kind of some notes that I've had on on diving into these individuals. As we wrap up, I wanted to give you a little Lincoln Riley uninterrupted, some really good questions of the coach looking back on these guys' careers and trying to project them forward. And obviously, I mean, it, we're getting close to spring ball. We know the uh, spring game is coming up. On April 24th, they'll have a 25% capacity, but it'll be great to see everyone back at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. And then in that, we'll be inching closer 
to the 2021 NFL Draft, which will take place on Thursday, April 29th in Cleveland. Everyone have a great weekend. Uh, Lincoln Riley to wrap up this Pro Day edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. Hey, Lincoln, in, in preparation for, for the draft coming up, I was just wondering, how much discussions have you had with NFL executives about Ronnie and Ramondre and what their story was, what they've been through, and maybe just any character issues after this past year? Um, I mean, it's been part of the discussions, like 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 anything uh, of that nature would be. Um, but I think, and I would say this: I think our, I think both those guys have represented themselves very well um, in, in how they've handled that, how they've responded from it. Uh, and I think certainly the large majority, if not all, the teams that we've been able to visit with see that, understand that, and uh, and I don't I don't think it's a um, I think our guys have done a good job addressing it. They've been up front. Um, they've handled it well on the back end, and I think uh, are set up to be able to move past it and not affect them come draft day. Thank you, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Next, we go to Jason Kersey with The Athletic. Yeah, uh, Lincoln, um, I'm, I'm wondering with those guys and, and with everybody, with Trey, with some of these guys, um, how is this pro day maybe feel different or maybe more important than past ones have just because there wasn't a combine process and the workouts are a lot different? It, it, do those things make a difference, do you think? Yeah, there's probably more emphasis on this, you know, than there's ever been. And that it's a lot of time. This is really the only time other than our guys that went to the senior bowl. It's the only time these guys are going to have a chance to, to see and see our guys live and uh, to be right there. And, and so it's uh and then for our guys, it's different because this is, they kind of got one shot at it. You know, normally it's, uh, you go to the combine, you get a chance to do those things. You decide what you're going to do at pro day, you know, kind of, you've got a couple of different opportunities and ways you can play it where I think everybody here today has done, you know, every drill, um, every measurement, uh, it, you know, it's, it's been good, but you can tell there's a lot of emphasis on it because it's really a, a one shot deal. Next, we'll go to Ryan Aver with the Oklahoman. Yeah, Lincoln, um, I want to ask you about Trey Brown. You know, what is it uh, about him that you feel like uh, gives him a chance to be successful at the next level? And just how have you seen him overall progress, uh, especially over the last uh, year or two? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got a, a tremendous chance. You know, he's, he, he went and did a great job at the Senior Bowl. Um, played very well for us here, especially the second half of our of our season. Um, I think a lot of things. I think first, he's been a, a, a pretty consistent contributor for us on special teams and, and been a, a standout on several of those teams throughout his career. Uh, you know, and I think his evolution has been, you know, as a, as a defensive back and as a corner, is, you know, he came here very, very raw, um, a guy that really didn't trust and buy into technique or the, the intense preparation that you have to have to be great relied on, you know, his outstanding physical skills that he does have. And uh, so was able to play, but wasn't, you know, had, had a lot of room to grow and he's, he's got a lot better in those areas. Uh, there's no question. He's become a more committed player. He's really zeroed in on, on technique a lot more throughout his career, you know, and I give coach Manning uh, a lot of credit for that here in the back end of really pushing him and holding him accountable and, uh, really developing him. And uh, the fun thing for Trey is, I mean, he's still got a long ways to go. 
and and you know, still a lot, a lot of room to grow uh you know with this preparation with this technique um so you know you're not talking about a guy in my opinion that's tapped out so you combine that with a guy that's explosively fast and he's strong he's got um closing speed he's got makeup speed um and is a good special teams player so i, I think he's very interested or very interesting for a lot of teams. And I think he's overcoming the obvious lack of height and length of the S. Appreciate it, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Next we'll go to Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop. Hey, Lincoln. Um, I, I, I think probably one of the stories of today is just how athletic uh, Creed Humphrey was and how surprising that was for us. We've always focused on his strength and his power, uh, but how unique has that been uh, having him and having a guy like that that has that athleticism as your, as your center? Yeah, it's pretty unique. You know, it's it's uh, being in there. It's been one of the more impressive individual pro day workouts that I've seen. Um, you know, it's uh, he's a great athlete. I mean, he really is. I mean, to see a center, you know, vertical jump, thirty three inches, run and move the way he has. It's uh, you know, just it's kind of hard to believe he's a center, honestly, watching him. So he's done a great job. He's, he's trimmed down a little bit and looks looks really good, moving well, um, lifted well. So no, he's a, that, that's that's what's made him a, a you know a really good player here. Helped him become a really good player. It's going to give him an opportunity to I think have a great career in the NFL. Is just that combination, the athleticism, the smarts, the competitiveness, the size, the strength. I mean, he's got he's got a lot of what you're looking for, and he's put that on display today. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Next, we'll go to Garen Emig with the Tulsa World. Another one on, <clears throat> excuse me, Lincoln, another one on Creed. Does, does he have to break out of some kind of a mold as to how NFL personnel view centers when it comes to the draft? I don't think so, just because I think it's, the, the centers have become more valuable in the last couple of years. I mean, you've seen, you know, more centers getting drafted higher, and I think that's been a result of, I mean, if you were to go name the top, you know, ask most people the top 10 defensive linemen in the league, a lot of them are inside guys. I mean, the, the best, maybe arguably the best overall player in the entire league is an inside guy. And so, you know, I think people are not that, not that centers or guards or those guys have ever been bad athletes at that level, but you know, if you're playing against some of the best, you better have some of your best in there too. And uh, so I think the, the, the price tag and the priority of, of getting really good interior offensive linemen has maybe gone up in my opinion. And so, and I think a guy that's a talent like his, I mean, I, I think he's, you know, I think he's got, a, you know, a shot to be drafted really high. And, and um, you know, I think that the kind of the trend of the league will certainly help him with that. Real quick follow up while I got you. Any comment to the, the news breaking about uh, or the report breaking about the Nebraska game next fall? Just while I got you. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll, I'll stick with. Joe Castiglione's own statement and reiterate, we fully expect and intend on playing that game. It's, there's been, a, obviously, we all know the, the history behind that game, and there's been a whole lot put into playing it, and we can't wait to play it here in September. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Next, we'll go to Brandon Drum with OU Insider. Hey, Lincoln, um, I didn't get to ask Ramondre this, but uh, can you kind of touch on what having DeMarco does for him as far as going up into a pro day like this? Yeah, sure. No, I think it's a, you know, and I, I don't think it, you know, I think it's the, the entire year with him. Um, 
you know, a guy that, you know, has been through this process understands it. Um, sure, there's probably some comforting words on the day, but so much of it is the buildup throughout the entire year of, you know, when you do get to this point of what this process is like and the questions that, you know, people are going to ask. And, and, uh, and, and then you add to it a guy that's, like I said, been through the experience so successfully as, as Coach Murray was. And so I think it's uh, been good for Ramondre, good for all our running backs to, to have that perspective. And, and I think that's our job as coaches. I mean, we're, you know, this is kind of, in a lot of ways, it's maybe this year more than most, it's a little bit of an element of this being kind of judgment day. And, uh, you know, the first thing we do with these scouts is, you know, we, we meet with them for a long time before this thing starts. We go through every guy and we let them fire questions at us. And, and we tell our players, I mean, we're going to be brutally honest. I mean, if you give us great things to say, we're going to absolutely share that. But if there's, if there's things that are negatives, you know, we're not going to hide that either. I mean, that's, we are going to be honest with these guys. And so you know, our, our message to our players is always arm us with the very best things to say, you know, arm us and we will go to the end of the earth for you. And uh, so, uh, and luckily this group today, you know, it's fun meeting because these guys have all by and large been just such great members of our team and have done so many things well here. So uh, but, but yeah, DeMarco's been, been great for our guys. And have, like I said, you just can't replace having that guy that's, that's been through it and understands it and, and, and can kind of share, share with you what that journey looks like. Thanks, Lincoln. Mm -hmm. Next, we'll go to Brooke Pryor with ESPN. Hey, Lincoln, good to see you. Uh, a little bit ago, you were just talking about the evolution of Trey Brown. And I wanted to ask about the evolution of another guy in Adrian Ely. How have you seen him kind of improve and evolve in his time at OU? And what was the conversation like with him when he decided to leave early and turn pro? Yeah, no, I could see you too, Brooke. Uh, yeah, he's, you know, he was a, when we took Adrian, I mean, he, he probably fit somewhere in the world of a, of a project. You know, we knew he was probably a couple of years away. We knew he had some talent, obvious length. Um, you know, we thought he had a chance to be a really good player, but knew it was going to take some work. And, and, you know, he had to really come in here, you know, one, change his body. Uh, he had to, you know, really, really develop the ability to bend because that was not a strength of his when he came in. And, and I give the kid credit. I mean, he's – a lot of people don't like to attack their weaknesses, and that kid really has. And he's – it's, you know, helped him become a really good player here. And, uh, yeah, conversations with him. He was like a couple of our guys that was just right there on the bubble. Um you know, visited with him a little bit before the uh, uh, before the Cotton Bowl, and then and then after the Cotton Bowl in, and and uh, it was close. You know, it was, and we had a few guys this year that were kind of right on that edge of do you do it or do you not. And I think ultimately, you know, it was just a you know a gut decision on his to, to go and do it. And uh, so we'll, we'll support him, and certainly you know look forward to him getting his opportunity. Okay, we have time for two more with Coach Riley. Next, we'll go to Nick Faribault. Hey, Coach. Nick Faribault, Pittsburgh Sports Now. I wanted to ask a little bit about Ronnie Perkins. He's been really impressive over the past few seasons. What makes him such a special player, and what makes him really equipped to excel at the next level? Ronnie's been a tremendous player for us uh, since the day he walked on the, on the field and walked in the door. He's, uh, he's a natural football player. He's one of those guys that's not really a rep guy. He's kind of just good at everything that you want him to do. Um, he's got, you know, really strong physical skills, a tremendous athlete. But, 
you know, he, he's got a fire and passion about playing football, you know, and, and that's one of the things that we get asked the most is, you know, things that like does this guy will love football. And like Ronnie is one of those guys you can unequivocally say, like he loves football. He loves every part of it. He loves to train, uh, the, the process of, uh, of practicing and improving the competitiveness. The better and more competitive the environment is, the more he rises his game up to. Um, and he is just a, He's just a he's a, just a tremendous football player that's uh, I think going to get a lot better too. So we'll uh, he's got a lot of great members here. He's got a great leader part of the squad, of a great playmaker, and he's going to make somebody very happy. Okay, last question. We'll go to James Hale with KRF. Hey Lincoln, uh, Trey Norwood is I've always thought is an interesting player. In high school, he played four sports. Uh, you know, he's, he did pretty well today. His line's interesting. This guy's a really football player. This is a guy, isn't it, that scouts will have to watch his film a lot to really get the true value of who he is? Yeah, no, he is. He's, uh, I think, I think uh, very interesting is a great word to put it. You know, he's, he's been, you talk about a guy that's played in all the different secondary positions for us, so obviously started as a corner and then Moved over uh, more into that safety and nickel role this year, and and I think I think the the scouts are very impressed with his versatility. Uh, and then I think everybody's excited to see as he continues to get further and further away from from the knee injury that he had back here in the spring of 2019. And and I think we all saw that this year as he, you know, continued to get more healthy, uh, continue to get more confidence, get his feet back underneath him, and get used to being back on the field. He just he played better and better. So. Um, and Trey's one of those guys that's just pretty good at everything. And uh, and so I think he, you know, did a good job at the senior bowl. He's had a nice performance uh, out here today at Pro Day. And uh, I think especially his versatility is going to be very intriguing to a lot of different teams. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Riverwind, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind is still the one. And Allstate, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review however you listen. The preceding has been a Learfield IMG College presentation of the Sooner Sports Network. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.